Welcome to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. Brought to you by elevatebooks.com. Hello and welcome to another one of our Elevate Podcast. My name is Benjamin J. Harvey, the Difference Maker Mentor. And once again, we have the pleasure of interviewing an international best-selling author from the Elevate series. Now, if you want to find out more about them or any of the other authors in the Elevate series, be sure to check out elevatebooks.com forward slash authors, where you'll actually find a bunch of additional information and plenty of highly valuable and free, that's free resources you can download immediately to further assist you in elevating all areas of your life. So today we're speaking with Dr. Sharon Lang. Now for those of you who have not met Sharon before, she's actually a life coach who combines a background in science, nursing, midwifery, psychology, and psychotherapy to inform her work. She's taught, supervised, and mentored students across a range of disciplines and settings and has volunteered in the welfare sector in management, supervision, and counseling. Sharon holds a PhD in psychology, has published in academic journals, and has presented at international conferences. Through a consultancy business, she provides research, psychology, and coaching services to individuals and organizations. Due to her own journey of personal and professional discovery spanning over 40 years, she's passionate about personal development and is the most inspired about assisting others to grow more confident in their abilities, embrace their personal power, improve their health, and lead a more fulfilling life. So please join me in welcoming Sharon to the show. Hello, Sharon. Hi, Ben. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. Yeah, yeah, good. Nice. I'm excited to have you here. <laughs> I'm excited about being here. Now, I know there's some listeners out there that may have already grabbed a copy of your book, but there's also listeners out there who've uh, not met you or been exposed to you at this stage. So I, I guess to kick the show off, what we want to find out a little bit more about is why are you so passionate about mindset and, and coaching? Like, like what is it that, that drew you into that? I think because um, to me mindset's all about, you know, the, the lens that you look at, your life through, and how you make meaning out of your experiences and through all my work in psychology and therapy, uh, it's, it became very clear that that was uh, really a seed point at which you need to nurture a seed sometimes to have it grow in a different way. And people wanted to make changes and they wanted not to be fixed, but they wanted to make differences in their life. And so often it was about really working with that, um, but moving forward in a coaching way rather than necessarily looking backwards at you know, why, what brought you here or looking at past traumas or to me that's important. It makes you who you are. However, to move forward, you've got to stop looking backwards <laughs> and you need to start looking at what can I do here and now to actually move forward. And so for me, coaching was this um, a vehicle for doing that. It was a way of actually um, moving into helping people do that. Got it. So, I mean, do, do a lot of people sort of do that? I think... You know, you bump into people all the time and they're constantly looking backwards. Yeah. So you're saying the coaching is the idea of looking forward. If I'm out there and I find myself kind of looking backwards all the time, what would you suggest? What's some ideas of what I can do to actually start to look at the future and start to create something different? What do you recommend to people? Uh, I recommend, it sounds, there are a lot of steps, but I guess one of the first ones is to, to, to 
straightforward ones that are quite popular and are out there a lot in the, at the moment. Um, things like mindfulness meditation to bring yourself into the present. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes moving from the past requires at least bringing yourself into the present and a present where you are actually, your awareness is around what you are and where you're at and what's happening to you in that moment rather than then filtering it through past experiences or um, past uh, you know, traumas or people in your life or something. So sometimes just grounding yourself in the present, becoming more aware and that can be also about bringing yourself into your bodily awareness of where you are in that moment. Those things can help you at least align yourself with the here and now um, because change can only happen in the here and now. You can't go back and change the past. And to influence your future, often it means you have to do something different. You know, the old saying, insanity is doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. You know, that does hold. You have to start making changes in the present. And also for some people, it sounds trite often, but it has been shown to work, things like an attitude of gratitude. You know, looking around and stuff, you know, rather than looking at all the negatives or the difficulties or the challenges and thinking about how that's because of where you've come from. You know, it's about starting where you're at and sometimes just looking around. It can be really small things. You know, it doesn't have to be Mm. major. It can be something really tiny, you know. You saw a flower today bloom or something. It can be something that uplifts you. Or seeking out inspiration in some other way, you know, reading a story about someone who's, come through all their challenges or conquered difficulties in their past to move forward. Anything that inspires you. you know, inspiration is like, you know, the feeling is like taking a big breath, deep breath of fresh air and feeling invigorated and feeling alive again. And so sometimes letting go of the past is about looking at what you do have in the here and now and how that can help you to become inspired to move forward and, and get more of what pleases you and satisfies you and helps you feel stronger and better about yourself. Mm, you've said a couple of things there. And with this mindfulness, if we, if we just sort of start with that one. Mm-hmm. So if I'm sitting at home and I want to be more mindful, what, what can I do? I mean, I'm sure listeners have heard of it before. But how do I, how do I actually do it? Well, mindfulness is really about... It's a, people think it's about emptying your mind. It's not. And, and it's not about forcing your mind to focus or concentrate on a certain thing. There are forms of meditation that do things like that, that use maybe a mantra. But mindfulness in its essence is really about becoming mindful of where you are and what's happening for you in that very moment, the here and now. So it could be um, focusing on a breathing, on your breathing. So a lot of breathing techniques out there, um, how to sit comfortably, we always say to people, uncross parts of your body. Um, just allow energy to flow more naturally through your body. You can't do that if you're sitting like a pretzel. Uh, if that's how you feel most comfortable, then you can start that way. But it could just be simply focusing on your breathing. And it doesn't mean necessarily forcing your breathing to be a certain way. There are breathing techniques that you can use for that. Uh, however, sometimes it's just about becoming aware, becoming mindful on the fact that you are breathing, you know, and you may wish to slow your breathing or you may wish to breathe more deeply or start to draw breath into your stomach at a, you know, at a deeper level and just becoming more aware of, you know, sometimes the air passing through your nostrils or it might be becoming more aware of how that feels when you take a breath, you know, what parts of your body might respond to that, you know. It could be 
keeping your feet on the ground and feeling grounded and becoming aware of that, becoming mindful of the feeling of the feet on your buttocks. There are many ways that you can become more mindful of your body and your body mm-hmm. really is the part of you that exists in the here and now. So mindfulness is really about moving into the here and now and becoming aware of yourself and your interaction with the environment around you. It doesn't necessarily mean you have to, you know, try and shut out thoughts. If a thought comes up, then you just allow it to come up and you just go back to breathing. So that's one of the very basic techniques of mindfulness, but there are many ways that you can get into a mindfulness practice. Now, a lot of people talk about this attitude of gratitude and, and, you know, doing things, looking for things to appreciate. In your years of working with people, and obviously you've, you've put a lot of energy and research into all of this, what is it that, why do people always talk about this? Why is everyone so fixated on having this attitude of gratitude? What, what's the reasons behind it? I think because it's too easy to slip into having negative uh, views of things or negative reactions and missing out on seeing some of the good things in your life or some of the good experiences that you have, some of the positive things. You know, you let someone in front of you in the traffic when you don't have to and, you know, they give you a little wave and you think, oh, well, that was nice. <laughs> so be <laughs> grateful for that, you know, rather than, oh, you what a horrible person or something. <laughs> you know, I should go, oh, why should I let him in? So they can be very small things like that. You know, like somebody helping you lift your suitcase onto the train to the airport or something. I mean, that can be, you know, that little moment of feeling grateful for that. It doesn't have to be a major thing. I mean, there are techniques where they encourage you to keep a gratitude journal and to write it down. And, you know, in my experience, we're all all geared, and there is research that says the human brain is more uh, wired to be aware of threats or danger, survival, uh, so we look for things that might seem threatening and anything that doesn't please us or, or, you know, we think is a negative thing, we have a tendency to look at that um, rather than focusing on, you know, what was the positive thing that happened then. And it's not, it's not meant to be this airy-fairy, pretend everything's wonderful, look, look at the life through Pollyanna, Pollyanna sort of glasses. It's, it's about being real as well. And sometimes things happen that really do annoy us uh, or irritate us and that's just part of human nature there's the thing that we sometimes need to practice more of and get become more accustomed to is just appreciating some of those little positive things or the big things even you know the gratitude um, so yeah and it's been shown actually research shows that it does have an uplifting effect on your mindset and it does actually correlate with resilience and success in, in achieving things that you set out to do. Mm, I like it. So yeah, if I'm sitting around right now and I want to start to take control of my mindset and control of my life, you've mentioned a couple of things there. So have this attitude of gratitude, uh, start to become more mindful. Uh, I also noted that uh, you talk a lot about the three M's, the mindset, the motivation, and the methods. What is it that are some of the things that I could do at home to incorporate these things a bit more into my life? What are some things that you recommend? So the 3 and method is uh, something I came up with. As you mentioned, it's about mindset, it's about motivation, and uh, it's about method. 
Um, so some of the things you can think about or do, um, you have to move beyond thinking. You have to start actually doing things differently. Thinking's great, so it's a great place to start. Um, however, you do actually need to start taking steps um, to bring these behaviours into your life more. Is I guess um, with uh, mindset, it's about sometimes thinking about um, you know becoming aware of your thoughts and your reactions in a moment because mindset's not a fixed thing; it varies. So in one situation, you can have a what call a fixed mindset, and in other situations, you may have a growth mindset. And a growth mindset really is about the fact that you you accept and acknowledge that who you are and what you're capable of is not, not set in stone. It's not just your genes that, it's not predetermined by your genes, but in fact, you know, that your genes are activated by your environment, your lifestyle, the people around you. And so therefore, there's always this um, mindset of, you know, an acceptance of the idea of hope and possibilities. So moving from a fixed mindset to a growth mindset, one that accepts the fact that you are able to change and that you can develop skills and you can bring about changes in your life. You can create what you want uh, in the way that you're living. It often involves things like your courage to sometimes take risks and mm-hmm. to step outside your comfort zone. You know, that's very much a big thing that we do is that we hang around in our comfort zones, which sometimes aren't even very comfortable, <laughs> but they're familiar. <laughs> Yeah, so the familiarity allows us, you know, our survival instinct, which our brain has developed from evolutionary way back, uh, is that it looks for any signs of things that are different and things that different is considered to be threatening to our survival. And so stepping outside your comfort zone, you're stepping into the unfamiliar. Uh, And so Mm. that can, you know, that, that can trigger a lot of, you know, inbuilt, innate, behaviours about stepping back or fears, you know, that fear factor about doing something differently. So it takes courage to to step out of that and to sometimes take on risks and to even be open to changing your mindset. Now, when we're sitting around being judgmental and reactive, we don't realise that we're actually colouring what's happening around us or our experiences through that mindset. When in fact, if you can take a different way of viewing it, change your mindset to the possibilities that a situation presents, then you can actually change how you react and how you respond. And therefore, you can create something different for yourself in the future after that. So that, you know, stepping outside your comfort zone, and sometimes stepping outside your comfort zone means that you need to think less (laughs) and Mm -hmm. actually act more. So take risks, just, you know, the old Nike thing, just do it. Sometimes you do really need to act on that. Just take it, take a risk sometimes. Um, but also start small. Don't push yourself too far beyond uh, what you, you know, really feel okay about. You can do it gradually. And mm. if you start small, you know, if you take on too much, you can become this self-fulfilling prophecy of, well, I knew I wouldn't be able to do it. You know, I told you I couldn't do this or I knew that was a risk. This would happen. So sometimes you just need to start small and, and uh, contemplate, you know, what is it I might feel okay doing today? You know, I can't do this yet, but I might be able to do this and then deal with the, the consequences of it. In my Gestalt training, we were always, <laughs> our Gestalt trainer always said to us, you can take any action or make any choice that you wish. You just need to be willing 
to deal with the consequences of that, to take responsibility and to deal with the consequences. And I think people hang back because they're fearful of the consequences. And so mm. you sometimes you need to build your resilience and you need to embrace what technology calls fast failure. You know, the world won't wait for perfection. Get out there, take a, take a risk, have a, have a go at something, and then the feedback you get can actually help you develop, you know, strength and resilience and that mental muscle that will help you continue to take um, risks and succeed in many cases. And, you know, bit by bit, you can create what you want. So you mentioned there about the consequences. What, what's something that people can do? Because if they're sitting it around and they've got this consequential thinking getting in the way and they're not taking action, what, yeah. what do you recommend that people can do to be able to more effectively deal what, of the things they choose? Is there like a process around that or what can people do? Well, one of the other things about building confidence and courage uh, is to become more aware also of your language, you know, particularly the things that you say to yourself, but also the patterns in your language because language... Our consistent language actually leads to our beliefs and our beliefs can become patterns and we often have language that sets up negative beliefs. So if you're predicting, you know, catastrophizing about consequences, you know, this is going to be terrible or whatever, then you can convince yourself that not to take a risk. You can talk yourself out of things because you're not willing to deal with the consequences. So one of the things... I always, particularly in psychology and therapy and coaching, is to become more aware of your language and the way you talk to yourself and the way that you uh, interpret uh, things. And we interpret, you know, we interpret our experiences using language. Language is the way that we create our understanding of the world so and of ourselves and of others. So to become more mindful of your language, become more aware. You know, what am I saying to myself about this? And in psychology, we talk about, you know, all or nothing thinking, black and white thinking, catastrophizing. So becoming aware of, you know, is what I'm saying to myself really, you know, what's going to happen? Sometimes we need to say what's the worst possible outcome, what's the best possible outcome, what's the most likely outcome, and what can I do to, to be able to deal with that? And sometimes that can mean bringing in a coach, bringing in a buddy, bringing in somebody that supports you, bringing in somebody who's mm. a mentor, somebody who's been through it and can guide you through that. And that can take courage too because it takes courage to be vulnerable and it takes courage to have that growth mindset that says, I, you know, maybe I need to go out and reach out to somebody who can support and assist me through that rather than I think I should be able to do all of this by myself already. And that's a fixed mindset. Mm. So does that, does that clarify that a bit? That... Yeah, for sure. So I think also, I mean, there are people out there that struggle with motivation and yeah. being motivated. What, what, what are some tips around that? How can people get more motivated about life? What, what, what would you recommend for the people out there who are feeling not so motivated? Well, a big part of motivation is about the meaning that you ascribe to to actually um, what it is you want to achieve, the meaning that you ascribe to your experiences as we talked about before. So it's really important that your emotional brain is engaged in what you are actually setting out to achieve, what you think it is that you want or need to do or, mm -hmm. or want to achieve. So, you know, our emotional brain looks for patterns to create meaning. And so... 
you need to be able to um, become emotionally involved, uh, you know, asking the question, why do I want to achieve this? Or why is it important to me to do this? Um, yeah. So, so getting not just, you know, is this somebody else's goal? Is this about pleasing someone else? Or is this something that really touches your, the things that you value, uh, the things that you, you know, get you up in the morning or something, things that, in, you know, make you want to get out there and make changes in your life? Is this about what you want? Is this meaningful for you? Or is this about what you think society wants or some other person in your life wants? Because it's hard to stay motivated if you're trying to live someone else's dream or yeah. someone else's goal. So, again, that's about self-awareness. I think that's a core factor in the way I approach coaching or any other types of counselling and therapy that I've done is you know, to know thyself first. Um, yeah. So a lot of the motivation, you're saying, comes from the meaning that we put onto things? Yeah, yeah, and to be and to be honest with ourselves, you know, know thyself. A lot of people will put their hand up to identify with values that we assign, you know, as honourable or noble. You know, things like generosity or perseverance or kindness. But we're a little more hesitant, <laughs> most of us, to really put our hand up and own the fact that what's driving us might be something that you know you're seeking a feeling that you might not really want other people to know that you're after things like superiority or authority authority or power or control but they're not necessarily negative things or bad things it's just that the way that you get those feelings met you might be going through it uh going to it and going through experiences or situations that are really not positive for you they're not helping you function in life or your well-being so, you know, how else can you get these met? You don't have to deny them, um, these so-called shadow values. You just need to be able to own them. And again, I go back to my gestalt training, which was to own every part of ourselves. You know, we all have the capacity to be all sorts of things. It's just a matter of owning it. And then you can actually use that to, to create the positive things you want in your life. Got it. So if I'm sitting there now and I'm listening in and there's some stuff in my life that I haven't fully owned, so to speak, yep. what do you recommend to clients to, to begin the process of owning all their part to to begin to love themselves completely? Totally. Like, yeah. yeah. First of all, I guess the thing is to stop judging. You know, stop judging that that's a bad part, you know, wanting superiority or something. Um one of the techniques is to sometimes look at um, someone who might have triggered a negative, like a reaction in you, like you might be angry with that person or you might be uh, feel that, you know, you feel sad about something they've done, it's upset you in some way, you feel distressed. And to think about what it might be about that person's behaviour or something they've said that's triggered you and what kind of value you might think that's enacting or what feeling you think that's giving them so it might be about superiority I remember in one <laughs> of our gestalt uh, trainings um, I was very angry at another member in our group uh, and, I, and I said I thought he was being extremely arrogant and uh, my gestalt trainer said okay now tell the group how you do arrogance right how do you enact ar arrogance how do you do it in your life to other people and it was a very um, enlightening experience. It was a really 
it struck me. I really struggled because I didn't want to own being arrogant. <laughs> but in fact, I can be very arrogant as I've subsequently come to realize and own. And then think about, you know, you can own that. It's okay to, to have that part of yourself. And sometimes the things that we disown, we actually need. You know, like to be arrogant, um, sometimes you might need to step into that because what you have to say might be really, it's important for the other person to hear. And you can do it in a way that, you know, the other person might perceive it as arrogant, but actually you're just stepping into your own power. And, and people mm. will label something. If they feel, you know, if they're not happy about it, they may label it as arrogant when in fact all you're doing is, you know, just sharing some information that you may have that they've never had before, that they've never known. But because it's new to them, they might think that you're taking this air of superiority or arrogance. So, it, you know, it's about owning something and then seeing how, you know, how do you do that? And do you want to do it differently? Or are there times when... You know, it's important to maybe to be able to step into that part of yourself. Mm. So it's really about how you show up and just being the most authentic version of you, I guess. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. And not to so, de- not to deny that, because you know that that's your power to be all of who you are when you choose to do it. Because that's the other part to have the courage to choose and not let other people pull your strings or you know press your buttons which they will, and that's just human nature again. And at some point, the courage to make a decision or, or to make a choice about do I want to react here or do I want, want to respond? And sometimes we want to react. Sometimes we want to step into being angry uh, or being unreasonable. And that's okay. I guess that's the other part too is that people judge themselves so much around it's not okay to be angry. It's not okay to react. Sometimes you need to. Sometimes, you know, we're under threat. I mean, true physical threat. And so we need to be able to step in and, and, and act uh, from these parts of ourselves that we sometimes or often deny. Mm. Yeah, I like it. So in that case, well, are there some other practical tips that, that you would recommend to our listeners out there who want to show up more authentically, they want to get more out of life? Uh, are there any other things that you'd make, any other suggestions they can put into action? Um, I think, as you say, then life rewards action. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, and another thing I've learnt recently is, um, as you've also said, sometimes life rewards you for just showing up. I've actually had some experiences with that recently. I've started doing park runs, which is an amazing experience. And I've even had quite a few first in my age group, and I'm not a runner. So <laughs> and it was just because there was actually no other woman in my age group at the race that day. So that was like a buzz for me. It's like, oh, yeah, sometimes life does reward you for just showing up. So I guess the thing is to, to, to just show up sometimes in your own life. You know, be the lead actor in your own life. Start uh, reflecting on yourself, becoming more aware through maybe mindfulness or journaling or just tuning in. How am I feeling at the moment? What's happening for me? Where do I feel this in my body? Things like that. Because the more you know yourself, the more you're able to then uh, have the courage to to actually take take different routes sometimes, make a different decision. Um, so I guess the practical thing would be start doing some of these things. You know, go online, read the book, the Elevate, uh, Elevate Your Mindset book and the Elevate Author book set. Um, sometimes just doing that and then taking one simple step one different action because as you know neuroimaging shows us 
we can rewire our brain. The brain is incredibly neuroplastic, which means that we can change it, and it can change in an instant. The pathway that our, our brain messages take can change in an instant, but it takes practice and repetition to build habits, to change patterns uh, over time and set up a new way of uh, responding automatically to certain situations, like building up a new skill, uh, such as running. Um, faster or longer, whatever. It takes practice and it takes um, that time to just keep doing it. And so, but the start with the first step, you know, that, that saying, I don't know if I've got it right, but the journey of a thousand miles begins with the first step. And the same thing with wanting to change your mindset, have more courage, step out into the world, be more of who you are, your authentic self. You know, just start doing the little things, I guess. Nice. I like it. Definitely some practical tips in there and, and a lot of value. Is there any final message you'd like to leave our listeners with before we wrap it up today? I think the big thing for me is, um, and it made a difference in my life, is believe in yourself. You know, mm. just start believing in yourself. You are a capable human being and it, it's a process, it's a journey. You know, don't think that it all has to happen overnight or that someone else can do it for you. They can't. Um, it's something that you need to uh, step up and uh, if you want to make changes or create a life you want, you're the only person who can really do that. And so you can get a lot of help, a lot of assistance, a lot of guidance. It's all out there. Uh, but anybody that reaches out to help you or that you reach out to can only work with what you bring. You need to take that responsibility um, to be willing to find the courage and someone can help you reconnect with your courage. We're all born with courage. We, we start off walking around falling over all the time as children. We learn to crawl, we learn to walk. We fall over, we get up, we keep doing it and I, I guess that's, you know, somewhere we don't doubt, that we don't even think about the fact that we're going to learn to walk. We just do it, you know, because we need mm. to get somewhere. We yeah, need to reach absolutely. something. So, you know, that's the thing. You can do it. Um, and it just takes time and process and your uh, willingness to take risks. I love it. Yeah, believing yourself is such an important thing for people. Yeah, yeah. Well, I want to thank you so much for being on the show today. I've had an absolute pleasure listening to your wisdom. And I'm sure the listeners out there have had a great time as well. And of course, for people who want to find out more about you, uh, obviously check out Sharon's uh, coaching programs and uh, she's got a lot of stuff that's happening around the place as well so make sure you do grab a copy of the book Elevate Your Mindset uh, but again Sharon I want to just thank you once again for being here on the show today thank you thank you Ben I've enjoyed it and I hope I've been of some assistance as anybody that wants you know us to make changes and um, is listening to this it's a um, fantastic opportunity beautiful well thank you so much and I, I really appreciate it thank you so if you want to find out more about Sharon or any of the other authors, please make sure you go to the website elevatebooks.com forward slash authors where you'll find a bunch more information. Now always remember giving yourself permission to do what you love is the key to elevating all areas of your life. And until we meet again, share your light, live your love, and do whatever it takes to be your own best friend. Bye for now. Thanks for listening to Elevate Podcast, the fastest way to elevate your life. For more information, visit www.elevatebooks.com.